Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. The horses are brushed down and corralled while the two score and one cows are put to pasture in the fallow field. Dinner is a combination of salted steak, a few garden vegetables, stewed cabbages, and some of the remaining trail rations. A cheery air is about as real as the china that is laid before you in the long improvised tables inside the Burgess barn. As you might have guessed with your large arrival, there's not enough people to have the dinner take place inside the small sod hut, but they are able to open wide the barn doors and extend some improvised tables into the courtyard. Pretty much the rest of you have been helping uh, Mary Burgess um, with preparing the dinner, supplementing it with a lot of the extra steak that you now have, and you're looking forward to a nice dinner. So as you are kind of walking around um, preparing, uh, I guess scenes on you. Jorn walks up to Gregory and Sister Miller and is like, can we uh, speak on the speak on the side outside, please? Like a a word with you two. I'm fine. Just don't hope it's not too won't take too long. I I do want to eat sometime. Oh no, just beef. Yes, I look forward to the meal too. And he looks at Sister Miller for a second. He's like, just let's let's speak away from pioneers, please. Of course, Mister Hagman, I'll, I'll follow you outside if that's what you'd like. Yes, and as I I walk outside to where like you know, like probably some of the horses are at right now, just kind of away from people. And I turn around and I cross my arms and I look at Gregory and Margaret and be like, do you wonder about what happened the um, the other night at all? You, have you thought about it? I know it's been a short period of time. But... It's it, 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 it was, I don't know what the hell it was, it, but it's dead and we're leaving it behind. As long as we make sure to keep a watch, it's not going to come back. Well, exactly. And that's why I want to have, I want us to all be on the same sheet of music. I think that when we do get to Missouri Crossing, we need to be on the same sheet of music with, and he stops for a second. You can tell Jorn's like, kind of like trying to choose his words carefully. And he's like looking down at the dirt and he's like, it may, it may, may very well be on us to make sure that where we go, that this doesn't happen. And if it does happen again, that we're more prepared. Do you agree with that, or am I talking foolishness? Margaret is going to immediately look at her feet. Uh, she's going to nod kind of submissively and say, Mr. Hagman, I know you've been through a lot, you and Mr. Smith both, but um, I'm quite frankly worried that whatever it is that was may be something that can follow us. And if that is the case, then I don't know how safe we can be. We can make sure to stand guard and have guns at our sides if we need to. And, you know, we could ask about, I know I have a brother here. He said there were soldiers nearby, so we could probably turn to them for help. But but that's where 
the the difficulties I think lie is the fact that we're going to have to convince people that they're not witness it that it happened, and and I know you can out. just tell them the fact that that we had six hundred cattle now we have le- less than fifty. Yes, but it could be. And he stopped. I, you could tell uh, Jorn's getting like not frustrated at Gregory. You know what I mean? But he's just like getting frustrated, and he's like looking down at the ground again. He looks up. He's like, "Listen, I've had experience." having to explain things that don't make rational sense to people and it doesn't fit. It's like two pieces of a puzzle that don't go together. Someone's wanting to believe in what is real around them and someone wanting to accept what does not fit. Do you understand what I mean by that? So if you go to the army and we go to the army and we say, hey, there's this monstrosity of a creature that we saw that was melted after we killed it. Do you think they're going to sit there and believe you, Gregory? Or do you think they're going to think you're a madman? Yeah, the reference of a madman, Gregory, you see like he sort of like flexes his fist a bit. I am not calling you a madman, Gregory. I'm saying they will think you are one. They will think I am one. They'll think she is one. Then what what would you have us say? Just... I don't know, a, a pack of mountain lions, got them, wolves? What, what would you have us say? It's not even that. It's the fact that if we want to do protective measures, we'll have to do it from within. We'll have to do it from within and with the irrational reasoning behind it. And what I am saying, if we have dinner with these folks tonight, let's ask them as much as we can about the city so that when we get there, maybe we can get embedded into it. Maybe we can get in positions where we can control Things that we feel will protect us from whatever that was, or more of them, or wherever they could be. Am I making sense here, Gregory? Do you do you understand what I mean? You showed leadership before all this happened at the camp. Every time that Freeman was gone, you took charge on making sure that things that happened. And Margaret watched out for people and their spiritual well-being. Me, I have experience being a constable myself. These are all ways that we can find to embed ourselves into this settlement that we're going to, to ensure that things like this will not harm us or others that we care for again. Very well. Mr. Hagman, I I understand what you're saying. I had my own plans once we arrived at the official settlement to inquire with the church. Nothing too out there, of course, just getting general ideas about the settlement and the atmosphere around it. You know, every place has their own little, shall we say, haunting story that kind of carries weight to the society. I was planning on asking the clergy if there were such silly superstitions and if something does match up with what happened to you and what happened to Mr. Smith, I do promise to tell you right away. I appreciate that, sister. He stops for a second, looks at the ground. He looks back up. He's like, listen, I thought my days of a lawman were over, but... After what I saw, I don't know. I think that they're not over. And I think that maybe it's my calling to take it up at the crossing here, to take up a role if need be. But I really think, Gregory, you should start thinking about a position that you could take in the city. All of us could take. If there's some kind of council, if there's, I don't know how things are governed at this camp. Well, then let's stop flapping gums here and find out from from our neighbors. Always straight to the point, I suppose. I just kind of like smile at him and I like pat him on the shoulder and I friendly like put my arm around Sister Miller, got her towards the to the dinner. You know what I mean? And then just kind of like walk forward. The sooner do you start approaching the tables, then uh, Mrs. Mary Burgess, not Mary Smith, um, arrives out the uh, front of the sod and stone hut, and with a giant metal triangle and gives it a ring to indicate that dinner has been finished. 
She and uh, Mrs. Smith arrive carrying just large serving plates of the steak and lots of the steaming vegetables. You can smell the cabbage in the air. The cowhands um, have pretty much uh, finished uh, putting the uh, horses in the corral and putting the cattle to pasture. Um, One or two of them stays to watch over the now much smaller herd and most people start uh, making their way over to the improvised seating near the improvised table. William Burgess uh, walks up uh, to you, Margaret, and they're recognizing that uh, Father Noss is there, um, asks if uh, one of you would be willing to do the blessing before the meal. Yes, of course, uh, Mr. Burgess, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, if everybody would please hold hands. So Sister Miller will bow her head and waits for everyone to hold their hand. You get a few looks from some of the cowhands who really haven't done this for a while because it wasn't like a typical thing to do while on your journey, although you might have done it um, in private, but they kind of are good spirited about it and kind of join in anyways. She will make sure everyone is holding hands and she will bow her head and close her eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you here for the meal that you have provided for us. We thank you for finally allowing us to reach our destination. We thank you for the kindness that we have received along the way from Mr. Freeman, Mr. Baker. We thank you for the safety that you have provided to all of us during this treacherous, treacherous trial that we have faced. And in your name, may we bring goodness into the world through this meal that will sustain our bodies and allow us to enrich our souls. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Echoes several people, um, loudest among them being Father Nos. And plates are passed around and everyone is able to dig in. So you're seated around the table having a delicious dinner. It's just a very weird feeling to have like something, even something improvised like this seems so formal. Um, compared to what you've been doing lately, like a lot of you are eating off of like real China. And that's just like something that uh, Mary Burgess seems like very prideful about. Tried to provide as much um, of civilization to some very road weary travelers. And then uh, William Burgess uh, kind of speaks up and says, so what? what is all your trades? As he's kind of seeming like un sure how to start um a new conversation jean kicks greg under the table gently to like give him his cue to promote himself a, a slight glare of red bjorn just you can definitely see like the, the dark circle under his eyes are like lack of sleep and they just yes i'm a, i'm a blacksmith i came here because i was the cities were getting too crowded with machines and things no no room for a man to make an honest trade well well there's there's plenty of room for a hardworking man like you, and if you have that useful of a trade, you stand to do very well. And Mary, I, I was hoping on that. Mary is kind of uh, nodding along with uh, the conversation, and she um, smiles and says, "Do you know where you'll be set up yet?" No, not quite yet. But I, I spoke to my brother. He he's a soldier stationed at the uh, nearby encampments, and so I, 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 know, I heard some stories about some places, but I. I don't know exactly what's available yet. Oh, he he's with uh, Major Forsyth, then? Yes. I see, I see. Well, that that should offer some relief to know that uh, your brother's 
in a position to be looked after and to look after other people. Have you needed the soldiers a lot? Mary kind of looks to her husband to kind of gauge his rea- reaction, but you just notice like a slight nod from him, and she kind of takes up the cue and says, thankfully, not so much lately. You know, they, they're on the other west end of the river. They don't really come over here too often. Occasionally they cross over the Missouri and I guess patrol on this side. But to be honest, we're pretty much left to our own devices out here. And that's kind of how we wanted it. You say okay. before, what what did they have to protect you from before? It's not really a huge concern of ours right now, but we are technically in the savage territory and we don't have say official permission from our good United States government to be out here yet, but I'm sure all that will be resolved quietly and quickly. Of course, of course. And with a mouthful of steak, uh, William Burgess kind of like nods along with that. So does the military, this major foresight, you got think you said his name was, is he part of governing of the city of the crossing or who's, how is it governed? Well, again, to be honest, there's not a whole lot of local law around here at all. Um, being an illegal camp town and all, the soldiers set up Fort Lincoln on the other side of the Missouri, sort of like as an outpost, you know, to kind of be protecting travel and trade along the frontiers land. But technically, as I said, this is Mandan territory. Huh. I had to stop for a second. I'm like, so there's uh, how many people are in the crossing right now, would you say? Uh, Barry looks to her husband who speaks up and says, can't be much more than 150, 200. There's no like law or organization as far as I can tell. People just mostly keep to themselves. Well, I mean, it's not like there's much out here to begin with. There's a few farming families like ourselves, but most are just young men hoping to earn an honest wage at either the mine or felling trees over near the river. Hmm. You can see Jorn kind of like eyes Margaret for a second, like what they're talking about and Gregory, like about the, just a lack of governance, you know? And then he looks back and he's like, where can this major be found at? Is he at the Fort Lincoln or does he stay at the crossing? We don't go to town much, but I understand. I guess mostly at the fort. If you're looking for some sort of leader, I guess it'd be Mr. Greer. Mr. Greer. Okay. Is he at the crossing? At the name of uh, Greer. Mr. Burgess kind of um, speaks up. Oh, yes, uh, Henry Greer. He's a local businessman of sorts. What's his business? Oh, uh, he has the most profitable business in town. He's the the owner of the Glasgow Silver Dollar. It's a saloon of sorts. Mm. Oh, and I just stopped for a second and I like rub my forehead. I'm like, I'm like closing my eyes as I look into like the remnants of the dinner. And then I look back up and I'm like, Mr. Burgess, please speak frankly. Is there a lot of drunken ruckus that goes on in that town? I mean, there are many men with wages, and much of it gets uh, spent at one of the many saloons. What do these men spend? Where, how do they get their money? Like, what trade is in the city? Uh, is it fur? Is it farming? Uh, a little bit of everything. Um, I'd say the woodcutting camp and the mine are the biggest uh, employers in town. There, there is a, a trader, this ugly guy named Old Abraham Marsh, but that's sort of like a one-man thing. There, there's the the mine though has been stocking up on coal. They, they kind of figure that the railway might even come through here soon. 
but that's owned by this some foreigner guy named Lord Pelham. But uh, he lives in England, and we never seen him around here. Thank you. Okay. Huh. I just got to sit back like I've spoken my piece. Sorry to be a bother, Mr. Burgess, but would you be able to give me a little bit of information on the local clergy on the town ahead? I'm trying to find uh, the church so I can get established in it, and I'm afraid I have no direction. And Father Nas, uh, you know, Sister Michael and I are doing our best to assist if you could point us in the right direction, I'd be forever thankful. Uh, well, Mr. Burgess begins, and he kind of looks to his wife, and he looks back at you. Then he looks at Father Noss and says, well, well, it is good to finally have a Christian presence around here, even if you are papists. But uh, I'm sorry, there's you're it. I'm, I'm sorry. And she looks quite shocked at that. Did, did you just say that there's no religious officials in the establishment am, am i correct he kind of um stares at you mouth open and father nos um kind of looks at you and says uh dear sister uh this is the opportunity that we've been looking for i believe we are missionaries of course yes i was just uh just a little caught off guard by that and she kind of uh clutches her rosary around her neck with her hand and now she's feeling a little nervous um, so she's going to add, uh, Mr. Burgess, you seem to know a lot about the local area. Uh, would you say that perhaps the people in the settlement are not the most religious? Or is it just a, you know, happens sense of chance that, you know, there's no official standing with the church up ahead? Jorn snickers a little bit after she says that, just kind of like covers his mouth. Oh, uh, well, um, you see... Uh, he begins, and Mary Burgess kind of like uh, takes a cue again and says, well, I mean, most people who are good Christian families, you know, they don't venture out by themselves into strange new lands. We're, again, one of the few, but I, I do believe that it is something that's uh, sorely missed in this town. I can't say for certain why an individual or group of people might not be seeking God in their lives, but we have quite a diverse uh, uh, population that is starting to build up here. It's, uh, you know, mostly uh, good Protestants like um, our family, but uh, there are quite a few uh, German immigrants and there's some Cornishmen that work the mine. They got all kinds of stories. And Miss Sister Miller, it's probably going to be a town full of ruffians. I'm sure Miss Burgess here is being polite and selective with her words. I would assume there's a reason why they live so far outside of town. Am I incorrect about that, Miss Burgess? She kind of uh, smiles, but if you want to give a psychology role. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that here. Give me a second. So I got a nine and my psychology is 50. So first off, uh, check that. Was that a... Uh, great or exception, excellent or exceptional success by chance? I think it was less than, less than I don't, 20% or five. What? Uh, what's Maybe an exception? One-fifth, I, I, one fifth, uh, one fifth, 10. So yes, it's less than 10. So, so yes. you kind of get the feeling, Bjorn, that um, the Burgesses are trying to be very polite about the type of uh, people that are kind of found in around town um, and not like talk directly bad about them. But you can definitely see that there's a bit of hesitation about going into town too often or 
as like you probably have some sort of uh feeling that like at least yeah sugarcoating it they're they're trying to attract more people there to make it a better place but um definitely mr burgess has had a few encounters with some of the residents there so i'm gonna take a deep breath or excuse me clear my throat like i'm gonna look at them both i'm gonna be like listen i appreciate the hospitality and i appreciate what you think you're doing is best my family my son and i are moving here no matter what his family and i motioned to gregory smith is moving here no matter what she and rest of her religious partners are moving here no matter what please be honest with us with what to expect there because the more honest you are with us the more that we can prepare listen i used to be a lawman in my home country gregory served with the military here during the civil unrest as did miss miller you don't need to sugarcoat it for us the more frank and honest you are the better prepared we are and the more helpful you are to us so with that being said i just gotta look at her well and at this point uh william finally speaks up you you do well to keep uh with your friends and you know barring that maybe hire out some local protection have there been talks of lawmen being hired for the town uh i mean this really isn't under any american jurisdiction to be quite sure in fact many people have made the trip out here to explicitly avoid being caught up in being under- caught up in uh, all yes. that sort of thing yes and i just like look down at my plate and i'm sure people like mr greer are per- probably most happy about that well his business is doing very well so regardless of what you're thinking of the man and i'll let you make that own your own decision when you finally meet him he's not someone to be on the wrong side of if you understand what i mean hmm. that's kind of like sit back for a second <laughs> in my chair margaret nods and uh looks at mary uh, one more question if that would be all right uh, we do have a, a small dog with us and it's injured i would like to see if maybe there's somebody that you could recommend in the town that can maybe assist us with uh, just a little bit of canine first aid, if at all possible. Well, uh, we're uh, kind of out of doctors as well, at least officially. But uh, there, there is the guy over at the uh, horse livery. He's a old ex-Buffalo soldier named Boss Thompson. And he looks after the horses and dogs can't be too much different. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. I'm sorry to trouble you with so many questions. Of course not. Well, there's... Very little uh, social interactions out there, and we are very, very glad to have visitors such as yourselves um, of such esteemed character. It's definitely something that we miss from our time out east. Well, thank you for the meal. I'm going to go outside and get some air, and I look at Gregory and Miss Miller. Would you two care to join me? Sure, Mr. Hadman. Uh, please excuse me, and she stands up and heads outside. Uh, the men at the table stand as you stand as well yeah gregory will also like to say his thanks and then excuse himself from the table so uh i mean there's not that far to go because you're pretty close to being outside but you, you can go around the corner if you want to have a private word amongst the three of you so your thoughts and i just look at both of them mr hagman my first thought is we can't keep doing this it's rather rude to just stand up and leave <laughs> to have private conversations outside from our hosts Oh, I, I'm sorry, Miss Miller. I just for a second look back, like, oh shit! I didn't realize I was being so rude. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's different where I come from. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I apologize. It's a little unsettling that the settlement doesn't have these 
key members of societies, no doctors, no no lawmen, no clergy. That's Something what happens is when, definitely amiss. That is what happens when people travel far away from the cities to try and make something, get somewhere new. Well, I think that leaves a gap for us to fill it in. Yes? Well, that's why I was, that's, that was my plan all along. It's definitely a gap for us to fill in, but at the same time, no much of a a conversationalist point of view for us to gather information about our uh, previous subject of discussion. Yes, that though, I think, oh man. And I just stopped for a second. I'm like, listen, this sounds like there's three very important aspects of the city. There's the coal miners, the wood, um, the lumber cutting. Yeah, the lumber and then that Mr. Greer. And then a fourth, the major that represents the U.S. government. So those four, if we can win them over with ideas, then maybe we can make some headway in here. And one thing I'm thinking of is an official kind of law, uh, lawman. I know we don't fall under the U.S. law, but there has to be some kind of order. I think the first person to talk to, that would be the major and then the two business owners other than Mr. Greer, because I'm sure they want to keep their people safe and their companies safe there. Now, you got to be careful with that because... Now, I don't know how things were back in your home country, but back in Chicago, I found that sometimes men who make a lot of money doing CD things tend to want to stay making money doing CD things. Yes, I agree. So I think the major is the first one. I don't I think of the four that I spoke of, he's probably the less likely to be CD, um, along with probably the two owners of the businesses. And then, of course, this Mr. Greer, who I just like rub my forehead. I've dealt with people like him before. I may have a way in there, though. I'm used to being, well, I like to be around places like that. Usually I'm left alone and I don't know. But the thing that I'm worried about is you and I look at Sister Miller. You're going to have to be safe there. You understand? Don't worry about my safety. I mean, what what could they possibly do to me? And she's very innocent about it. She doesn't think that anybody, <laughs> you know, could assault her or rape her anyway. She sees herself as a woman of the cloth who, as far as men goes, might as well be another man because, you know, she's off limits. So she just smiles and waves a hand at you. Oh, Mr. Hagman, don't worry about me. I'm perfectly fine. So is Sister Michael and Father Knows. They're not going to target the religious people. Uh, it's you, I believe, and perhaps Mr. Smith and his wife and kids who would be, you know, bigger targets, I think. Jorn just looks at Gregory for a second. Like, are you going to say this or am I going to say this? You know, kind of like. You know, Gregory, he'll, he'll look at and he'll just like, just shake his head. Like, it's not worth getting into at this point. Just be careful, okay? And listen, so we got to make some headway. First, you're going to have to start your business, of course. You, sister, are going to have to set up your stuff. But me, I don't think my original idea for coming here might work out like it wanted it to. Not after the events of the other night. I'm thinking maybe speaking to Mr. Freeman and seeing if he plans to stay. And maybe with him, him and I can start some kind of security security type company that can maybe merge into hopefully becoming official law or constables. Well, if you want to try that, you couldn't I wish you luck in that. The thing is, you're going to build the influence and you and she looks he looks at Sister Miller. You both are going to build the influence in the city that we may need to rely on. But us three, we have to stick together in all this. You're our families and the important people all of us were responsible for. If we three work together, we'd be better off and be able to protect them more. At the mention of them being family, she nods and looks down at her feet again, feeling extremely guilty again about the thoughts that she's had about Mr. Bjorn and that he considers her family. 
you know, she just kind of shakes her head trying to get the thought out of her mind and says, of course, Mr. Hagman, whatever you say, as the future policemen, the future lawmen of the city, I will do as you say. And, uh, and he just stops. He's just like shaking his head. He's like, I didn't want to do any of this. I probably, who knows if it's even possible. If anything, I really, if anything, the main focus is you two and I can start building relationships, but the more influence that you and Gregory get, the more that we can actually protect ourselves and our families from whatever is out there in this land. And if that's a sign of anything that we came across, who knows what else is out there? Now, am I being rude by staying out here too long, Sister Miller, or should we go back inside? We most certainly should head back inside. And if you ask again, I will not follow you. <laughs> and I just raise my hand up like, oops, you know, both my hands and I start walking towards. As you come within um, visual sight of the table again, um, you see um, some people already started clearing off uh, plates, but um, as you approach, uh, the men stand again and wait for uh, Sister Margaret to take her seat. I like to imagine Jorn has like a pipe. I was thinking about that today, like a corn cob pipe or something like that, you know? So sure. I'm going to pull out my pipe and I'm going to start. Finally, I like just enjoying it. I almost say like I didn't smoke it on the range at all because I didn't want it to get all dirty. You know what I mean? And whatever, like this is the first time I could sit down and enjoy it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you pull up your um, pipe and you see um, uh, William kind of uh, shifting through his shirt pockets and fumbles around and produces um, a wooden match for you. I let I pull and I like do the light it on my nail thing like cool people can all do that I can never figure out. And then, and then like light my pipe as I take a couple puffs. I'm like, thank you for the meal. I, it's much appreciated. Yeah, yes. You and uh, your your party are most certainly welcome, he says. And then you kind of um, see Father Noss waiting for the pleasantries to die down a bit. And then he turns back to uh, William and says, so, uh, Mr. Burgess, uh, you said about a month ago you saw it. Yeah, yeah. Wells Fargo coach um, came through here. I haven't seen a leave, though. So it's either still in town or continued on West. And with that, um, Father Noss gives an approving nod. That's good. I take it as I puff my pipe and look at the father. Father Noss kind of looks to Gregory. Oh, yes. Yes. So we uh, talked about something like that earlier. Uh, just a small mystery we are I was gently puzzling over. What could it mean a Wells Fargo? What's Wells? What's a Wells Fargo? It's a, um, I think it's a, a bank or something that's been getting more popular over the last few years. I, I, I heard like they, they, they sent a lot of coaches and wagons out across the countryside, just traveling stuff. What's unusual about it is that there's not much need of a bank here. With only such a small amount of people, Yes, right? and, you know, what, what do you go, there's only so much you can buy in general. Indeed, says Father Noss. Is the government selling land, or what? This is not still official U.S. land, right? I could not tell you. It is a mystery. Uh, the three of you could actually make law rolls if you want. Let me see here. Uh, my law is fifty, so I'll go ahead and give it a shot. Oh, I'm sorry. Only got a five in that. So I, uh, I'll give it. I'll give it a try. Forty-one out of fifty. Nope, I did not make that at all. Eighty-four I don't think I out of five. Have law. <laughs> you just, you're rolling for like five. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Watch, he's going to get a one and get an exceptional success. <laughs> <laughs> no sheriff in town. Nope, 42. Bjorn, um, you kind of gathered that 
because you did a lot of research on your trip before coming out here, because this is your life savings and all, you you kind of realize that while land might technically not be for sale, if one were to lease a portion of it and work the claim for a while, say it's say the land uh, became incorporated into the United States, uh, someone who had already started paying for the land and working it might um, be allowed to retain that land. I think I read about this. It's where, and you could tell he's thinking of the words for a second, and he takes a couple puffs of his pipe, and he's like, where people will, um, what's the word, would you, and he stopped for a second, where you give money, but you don't own, but you could still use uh, rent, rent something. Basically, people can work the land and give money, and then when it becomes U.S. territory, then they will have money towards the land, and then they could purchase for the rest of it. It's like thinking for the future. Uh, law, trickery, advocate uh, for that sort of stuff. Well, you're sitting in it right now. As long as they don't try to take my land, I'll be happy. But whose land is it, Gregory, that we're going to? Do, do you not see the predicament that is going on here? Right, just sort of shrug it. Like I, he, he is not knowledgeable enough, really, to fully comprehend the. I mean, we can speak, we can debate the meaning of taking someone else's land, but we don't. I mean, yeah. And he just like waves his hands in the air. I don't know. Is it right? Is it wrong that where we're going and we take? It's not our land that we're going to, though. It's a mortal gray. It's ambiguity. Is that the word? Everything with the law, with no law, no government, no nothing. Well, says Bill Burgess, if you do plan on setting up shop or starting a business or having some sort of home, you might want to consider it. There is this Jewish fellow that um, hangs out at the at the the Silver Dollar. Um, that's usually where most of the business is done around here. And he's, um, what do they call, one of those assayers. So if you did want to look into it, that 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 fellow ought to be the person to talk to. Yes, says um, Mary Smith. And if you're looking to build uh, the wood cutters camp is on the in the mill southwest side of town near the river. And then she's looking around at her own house. Or you could try to cut your own. But the winter is a bad habit of arriving early here. And uh, you can go with sod if the money's tight. Um, but soon a tent to you won't do you much good. Yes. It seems like I should just build my forge into my house. Just for Maybe we, it. Yes. Maybe we can all build in the same area. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out when we get there. Oh, I think I'm going to go to sleep. Thank you for the meal. I'll see uh, the rest of you tomorrow when we leave. Yes, yes. yes. You are very much uh, welcome at our home. Anytime, says uh, Mary. Yes, I, I appreciate it again. Thank you. I. As I go walk outside, I'm gonna, is is Mr. Freeman still at the table, or is he outside? Um, he's or? still at the table, but um, he's okay. like kind of cleaning up his uh, plate and helping to stack some with uh, some of the other cow hands who have been some who had just recently switched out, so a few others could, you know, have a nice warm dinner. I'll probably try to stay up a little bit to see if he comes out so I could talk to him because I don't want to be rude because Margaret said how the way I handle it in my European way is rude, so I'm gonna either wait till. A little bit to see if he comes out or i'm going to just talk to him tomorrow morning yeah uh, you finish your pipe and um by the time you're able to finish your pipe um you see him kind of walking out and you can get up and follow him if you like and mr freeman reward please he'll he'll nod at you and um 
uh, the two of you are able to walk outside the barn and find a place pretty close where your last conversation took place. I'm sorry again about what happened to you. And I understand the impact it's had on you. What are your plans once you get to the crossing? Do you plan to stay? I don't quite know, Hagman. Um, this, I was planning on staying. I I don't know. I don't really think I'll have the funds to continue west. I, I have a proposition for you. All right, shoot. You seem handy with the steel, yes? Uh, I, I suppose. You heard my conversation in there, and I'm sure you came to conclusions that I did about the state of this town. Yes, but... I am offered some hope uh, find, hearing that there's a, a colored man at the horse livery. What if I was to tell you that uh, I'm thinking about maybe starting a security business there that may hopefully, if I'm able to convince stakeholders that could end up becoming constables or sheriffs of the town. Would you be interested in that? Uh, if you have work, I might uh, be able to take you up on it. However, from what I hear about this Greer guy, uh, if he is running out some sort of protection racket, he probably won't just give up that business. Well, he can do what he does. We can look, aim to do for more people like us who are coming to start small businesses and families to keep the drunkenness at bay, to protect companies or people who have valuables they need to ship out. If anything, you and I can become partners. We could maybe have an office built there, start working with the U.S. military or working with the the lumber company or the coal company. I mean, we could look into it. I, I don't know what sort of options we have out here, but uh, I still have uh, 41 head cattle. That's that's something. So when we get there, let's see what we can do, okay? All right. Uh, you look into it, and if if it seems doable, maybe I'll consider it. And I just nod my head. Gregory or Market, is there any scenes or discussions you would like to have before people head off to bed for the night. No, I can't think of anything. I think Gregory will like uh, sort of like you know, dismiss, you know, part himself and go off and sort of, you know, stand guard over his uh, his own wagon until at some point he probably falls asleep just at a stand, you know, standing watch. Margaret would like to wash the dishes with uh, Mary Burgess and maybe ask her a couple questions. Sure. Um, well, Gregory, you, you take up your sentinel position by some of the wagons and is there anything particular you're looking for? Or are you just like trying to stave out that um, un uneasiness because you definitely are being watched right now? I think he's definitely like, you know, at this point, he is, after several days of watching, he still feels watched, but he's like less, he's more confident that, you know, that it's not going to be another one of the smoke monsters that's coming out of the woods right now because it's been, it feels like they found, it feels like somewhat relaxed as much as relaxed as, relaxed as he can get nowadays. After all, you are kind of out in the prairie, so if something were approaching, you'd probably see him from quite a ways off. Yeah, there's only these, like, and just, you know, just empty horizon. It's like, oh, yeah, I can see anything coming up this way. Yeah, so that does give you um, quite a bit of comfort. Sister Margaret, Samantha Smith and Mary Burgess are definitely um, willing to join you um, with the taking care of the dishes afterwards. So you are welcomed into the small kind of one and a half bedroom uh, sod house uh, where they had kind of set up like a, a little trough outside of it with a, a horsehair brush and a couple of rags and the brushes proper to you. Sister Miller will take the brush and she's taking one of the dishes and kind of uh, scraping off the excess food of what was left. 
and she kind of gives a chance for Mrs. Smith and, you know, Mary to have a little chat. And then she kind of jumps in with, uh, uh, you know, Mrs. Burgess, I was just kind of curious. Uh, I was planning of asking this in the town, but seeing as to how there's no clergy presence, you know, I just thought I'd ask you since you and your husband seem to be so knowledgeable of the area. I was rather curious to see if um, the collection of peoples that are in the town are a bit eclectic or uh, if they are all, you know, and then she kind of leans in and whispers white. Well, I mean, it depends what you mean by that. There are, as my husband's husband said, quite a few uh, Cornishmen that work the mines. Most of the lumber workers and people at the sawmill, there's some sort of uh, Hanoverian type. Uh, you get odds and ends. A few other uh, Mandan come into town every now and then to trade. But uh, it's kind of a little mixing basin over here, if you will. I see. I only ask, I mean, I, mean, I obviously don't, uh, don't see color in that way, but I only ask because in the past we've, uh, in the church, of course, we've run into different cultures and traditions having certain, shall we say, uh, superstitions and, you know, things that are not based in the reality of the good book. Uh, would you happen to have heard of any of the, you know, local tales, folklore, and superstitions that I essentially will have to kind of fight against? Well, sister, and she kind of seems embarrassed by the question. I mean, I don't often go there, but um, some of the the Cornishmen over at uh, Jerry's uh, Jerry's uh, saloon cart, they they talk about um, having to placate the evil spirits, and the, they call them knockers by tossing bread crust on the mine but you know that that's just old world superstition there's a there is a book um, that's been making its way around town it's quite popular um some sort of uh i don't know some offensive occult tome by this man named uh buckman i think but uh i think most people are just into the sort of thing because it's fashionable nowadays as for the locals you know, they, they have their own superstitions, I'm so sure, um, but we try not to interact with them as much as possible. I see. And uh, this book that you mentioned by this uh, Buckman character, uh, where would one be able to find such a thing? I just like knowing, you know, what I'm up against. I, I don't know. Um, someone who could uh, afford a book and have money to spare, I guess, might have a copy, but I, I don't I don't get into such things myself. If it were me, you know, such uh, things should be destroyed at first sight. I wholeheartedly agree. Well, I really appreciate it. I, you know, I just have the jitters, you know how it is, going into a strange new town and having to establish myself a, a woman of the cloth where there are, you know, so many variables I don't know what I'm walking into. I certainly do appreciate the insight. I'll uh, keep an eye out on Jerry's saloon and make sure if I come across this Buckman book to uh, maybe have a peek and then use it as kindling. I'm sure that would be a comfort to all of us. Although I don't imagine a woman of your station spending so much time in that saloon cart. Certainly not. But, you know, I will make my rounds to make myself known and introduce myself to everyone. You can't have a church if you don't have followers, you know. Indeed. And... As I said, even though we differ in some of views, we're just glad that some 
Christianity can be brought to this area. Certainly. You can't have law without God, am I right? And she just kind of nods her head and smiles. And Samantha Smith kind of smiles along with her, like just pretty much agreeing with everything that has been said. If historical APs with a supernatural flair are your jam, then the ultimate evil is just right for you. With inspiration pulled from the satanic panic, the ultimate evil takes place in the 80s as four young men reunite to discover the mysteries that surround their childhood mentor's death. <laughs>